You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all socials at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please, 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 please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers uh, Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. Uh, clockradiospeakers.com no longer powered by tumblr but get all previous 400 some odd episodes there jesus 400 episodes um and speaking of doc is here doc is in the building what's going on oh man what is going on um you know they can see you they can see me you know assuming you use this clip um yeah what's going on (laughs) sitting here in my my killer cam pink hoodie no um it's not a click um no I'm, i'm good man you know um you know, last week we we dove into, we took a trip down memory lane, two thousand three. This and we were like, nah, nah, we gotta we gotta go deeper. We gotta go yeah. way back. <laughs> Shout the boss, deeper, deeper than oh. de- yeah, deeper than rap. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this prepping for the show has been a trip. I'm excited. This is really unlike any definitive fifteen we've done in a sense. Because mm. um, we were just uh, the age that we were at. <clears throat> so I'm excited to do this. I didn't even say, you know, y'all can follow me on Twitter, Instagram if you want. But like Armand said, just follow the show. And yeah. Yeah, Subscribe man. Subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com yes. slash CRS podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about this what, week, man? Oh, we are doing a definitive. We're back on the definitive 15 train. Yes, but sir. But this time we are doing 30 years back. 30 years. 1993. <clears throat> there are definitely Crazy. some people who are going to be listening to this who are like, I was not born yet. And that's okay. We're taking everybody on a journey. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, there was a lot going on in 1993 culturally. Like, I feel like 90, you know, you got the like the, the LA riots are in 92. I'm going to just poorly recap. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But this is like the aftermath of a lot of that stuff. You've yeah. got Clinton, Clinton uh, coming into office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got. This is 92-93, so this is the Bulls' third championship? Yep, third, 92-93. Um, there's just a lot going on. This is peak television for me. <laughs> so a lot of, like, MTV is literally, like, the voice of the youths. Mm. So a lot of MTV, a lot of BET, Simpsons, you know, uh, wrestling is, like, the end of the Hulkamania era. Um Star the new generation, which many people consider to be the worst era in wrestling history. I disagree. Um, and just there's a lot going on. And the music really serves as a soundtrack to that. So I'm really, really, really excited to, to deep dive. Well, Doc, what do you remember about 1993? First of all, I was 10 years old. Um, okay. So what do I remember? I mean, Definitely, like, I was obsessed with sports, right? So you talk about the Bulls. I mean, man, listen, right there, watching every game. Yep. WGN on Saturdays. Yeah. They would show the Saturday game. WGN. Hey. (laughs) That that was back when TBS was still, like, was still basically, like, the Atlanta, was, like, transitioning from being effectively the Atlanta version of WGN to being an actual cable channel. That's what TBS used to be. Yep. Um. No, you know, like, I'm trying to think. I was living in North Carolina at the time. Um, no, you know, like, this is when, like, I was 10. So that's like, that's the, that's the era when you are first, like, 
starting to discover a little bit, not quite there, but a little bit like, oh, these are things I like as opposed to just, this is what my parents are playing for me. That's right. You know? And so a lot of taste still developing, right? Not all mm-hmm. the way there. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about is definitely with like my almost 40 now year old ears, like listening to it. But like some of the stuff we want to talk about are on my list because like, of, you know, I loved them when I was 10 years old. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to ride that line today, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think if there's anything that like really sticks out to me about like what I remember from that year. Um, I was think like, it's always interesting to think about like when a decade starts, if that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we've like about this before we've talked about this and I think like by 93, the decade is definitely started because yep. on like the rock side, you can kind of say it starts with Nirvana's nevermind. Absolutely. On the hip hop side. It really starts with the Chronic, yeah. which is at the end of '92. Yeah, and, and like the political side and everything, like really when Clinton's elected, like the '90s are in full force, right? Mm-hmm. We're sort of out of that like late '80s, early '90s bridge, you know. Yeah. And the yeah. music this year, man, this is this is such a year of transitions. Mm-hmm. Like some of these songs we're going to talk about and play snippets of, they sound like they could have come out in '90 or '91. Mm-hmm. Some of these songs hint at the the merging in the uh, of R&B and hip hop that is about to come yeah. the sort of cleaner quality audio that is about to come cuz like one of the things that's been amazing is to go back and listen to this stuff with my ears that I have now and I'm picking up like I'm hearing man do you think there was enough of those like bells on records in 1993 give me any what's a record that has bells SWV week this right here oh yeah okay yeah oh didn't mean to play it twice everywhere yep that yep, kind yep, of yep. right and, but i'm like i'm picking that up i'm like oh i know what kind of keyboard that is right and like and w- <laughs> it's true because like what's interesting is like why did hip-hop sound mostly lo-fi and crunchy until the mid 90s because the mpc 60 and the sp 1200 the predominant samplers of the time couldn't do full cd quality sampling mm-hmm. it's not until the mpc 3000 is introduced this year that full cd quality sampling like happens right and the reason why dre's stuff on death row sounds so incredibly clean is not because he's using you know a fancy new sampler it's because he's actually using this incredible ssl board like a mixing board Mm. that is incredibly high quality and he's bringing in live instrumentation but at the core underneath all that he's you know using an mpc and 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 a moog keyboard and he's using an 808 drum machine underneath all that right Mm. to like layer Mm. but like he's using this really high-end mixing desk and his stuff just sounds like it's from a different planet compared to some of these Mm. other songs that we're going to play snippets of, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, this is the the year when we sort of, like, this is the end, arguably, of like what sort of the Gen X, like, hip-hop fan would consider the golden era of hip-hop, right? I I would say, I would say, really it ends with, because when I think of albums from the, the early 90s, I think of Tribe Called Quest's first yeah. album, and that's 91. Yeah. And then uh, Chronic in 92. I feel like that's, I feel like people's instinctive rhythms of the, of the, is that's the last, that first Tribe album is the last album of the golden era. Mm, okay. I think. Yeah. Because I feel like with the Chronic, it just introduces a whole new sound because you, you're hearing some of these albums, man, uh, so much music was inspired or have it like in this point okay let me start over yeah 
coming off of that sound of tribe call that tribe call quest has yeah is is very much a popularized um producers have popularized sam- sampling jazz mm, okay listen <laughs> i don't i don't know if all if all these records are going to make our 15 but yes obviously so, lots of jazz specifically um stand up bass so it's a lot of stand up bass with um yep <laughs> on my list <laughs> with breakbeats so when yeah. dre comes in with the chronic and, and using these things it's not that live instrumentation had never been used in hip-hop before right it had just never been used like like that. this right exactly mm-hmm. for so sure it was, it was different so it so as you go into 94 you um you kind of see the blueprint of what Puff ultimately takes and runs with in 97. Five. Starts well, yeah, in 95. It starts in 95, for sure. 94 is the blueprint for 95, and it's in full swing after the, the, the murders of Biggie and Tupac because it's, it's just peak Puff. But that also was a testament to the underground and mixtapes and blend tapes. And, you know, if you're on the $10 tier, um, I think it's, uh, I don't remember. Oh, we did a definitive 15 on mixtapes. Yeah. And I included some of those uh, Ron G blend tapes that kind of lay that groundwork, that foundation, which show up in records like SWV's right here, Human Nature, oh, remix, which is basically just a, 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 a pop version of a blend. Not um, even that, but like, yeah, the, I mean, the blends and of course the Come and Talk to Me remix in 92. Yes. Yep. Which we, 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 we've definitely talked about on the show before, but like. All of a sudden, you're getting a flood of R&B with breakbeats yep. everywhere. Yep. R&B gets, R&B gets really aggressive. And I mean, Jodeci is really the catalyst of that. And SWV, initially when SWV came out, they were very uh, just polished. And For sure. Because pr- a lot of keyboards. To, yeah. <laughs> because right before SWV is in Vogue, and in Vogue is very much a traditional, standard um, R&B pop girl group as far as as far as presentation and they never really go i guess more like aggressive in the way that escape does or like the pivot that swv makes um not too far after because they 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 were had they had high tech boots and stuff like that but when but escape was really that group to popularize that and, and but jodeci is really like the catalyst for that as well um but you know a lot of that has to do with the chronic and the, the, the popular commercialization of gangster rap and okay. also just Puff's obsession with that in addition to their relationship. And let me not forget Mary J. Blige as well. She's a mm. huge catalyst for that as well. So that's Uptown Records, but that's Puff's obsession with Death Row. And then additionally, Suge Knight's relationship with those artists. Those things play, play into it, which have a significant impact on the sound for sure. that you hear in some of these records. This might be one of the most dominating years for R&B we've ever discussed on the show. Oh, I think boy. it's arguably the most dominating year for R&B we've ever discussed on the show. So far, absolutely. Yeah, because some of these, like, man, out of my... Re- let me, okay, let me just... Well, I, can just I, well, I can just name some names, right? Let's do it. So, Whitney, maybe peak Whitney, peak of her powers, potentially. She has a monster 1993. Janet, possibly peak Janet. Right. As a monster 1990, which is crazy because 91 is crazy for Janet sure. as well with Rhythm Nation. But between the album in 93 plus Poetic Justice, I think you can yeah. argue this is peak Janet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Yep. Mariah has a monster year. Mariah has a monster year. Yeah. Mariah Mary J still riding high. Yep. The introduction yep. of of Escape Tony Braxton SWV. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, by the way, twelve play comes out comes out at the end of this year too. Um. And then you just got you still got Tony. You got Tony. 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 Oh yeah, I know. Out. I'm just saying. Like yeah, you got Tevin Campbell. Yeah. Can we talk? Is ninety three? Like I'm. I'm getting into my list. And we, you know, but we haven't even talked about like you know. This is the introduction of Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. We get early Biggie. If you really want to go there, yeah. We get Tupac breaking out. Yep. Outcast pokes their head up for the first time. Oh wow! Is that ninety three? Players balls then in ninety three. It is ninety three. Um. Ooh, boy. Death Row is, as you said before, okay. like Dre, what, what they do with, you know, how they handle the chronic and then what they do with the introduction of Snoop, you know, it, it becomes mm-hmm. a blueprint, right? Absolutely. That hip hop runs over and over and over again. Um, and it worked perfectly. And, you know, by the end of 90, you know, by the end of 90, really in the 94, like is when Snoop is frankly like the first, by the time he gets 94, Snoop is kind of like the first, like. He's not the first crossover rap star, but like it's just on a different level. I was going to say like, well, yeah, it's not because to me, the first crossover, the first crossover star is God. It's LL Cool J to a certain extent. It's LL Cool J. It's Will Smith. It's Will Smith. But like Kid and Play is in there too. No, Kid and Play is definitely in there too. Um, I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of somebody else before we get into Snoop. Snoop in '94 uh, is way more famous than Kid and Play ever were. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. How how dare I? Um, how dare we? Yeah. MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Sure, sure. Those are, mm, no, but th- it's it's a different type it's of hip hop. Different type. It it's is, a different type of hip hop. It's also a different kind of fame. It's a it's a gateway drug because what happens is, and a lot of Christian hip hop fans know this, where it's the oh you know Lecrae is my first introduction. So sure. for a lot of people. Please Hammer Don't Hurt Them or To The Extreme is their first, is the first hip hop album they've ever heard. Yeah. So they hear that, but then The Chronic comes out and other stuff comes out that we're going to get into today. And people yeah. are like, well, what else do you have? And right. MTV is finally leaning into, okay, we're going to play more, more urban music. They've got MTV Jams. I don't know when MTV Jams started, um, you know, where that's more of a, 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 uh, a daytime, primetime. Uh, television show to to showcase hip hop and R and B, and so a lot of people kind of slip through the cracks. And there's some people that there's a couple songs in particular that we have to talk about, yeah, because they 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 make up this year. The the amazing thing about Hammer's success in '91 is that he couldn't even take advantage of one of the biggest things. And this you you were talking about MTV's play more music and uh, you know more quote unquote urban music, and part of that is because. 93 is the first full year of SoundScan. SoundScan is introduced in the second half of 92. They sort of phase it in over multiple charts. But up until the middle to the end of 92, there was no, there were no actual like stats behind what, like how many albums were sold and what appeared on Billboard charts. They would call around to record labels and ask, what are you selling? Mm. So with SoundScan, mm. it was literally then done by barcode. Okay. Mm. And so once, and, 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 it, and it computerized how like the ratings came in from radio too. So mm. all of a sudden, what, what very quickly people are like, whoa, rap and R&B are selling a ton mm-hmm. and country music is selling a ton. Mm-hmm. And so Hammer still sold 5 million copies of Too Legit to Quit that we know about. 
mm. and, and did what he did in his 91-92 run, 90-91-92 to 91, 92 run, and he didn't even have that benefit, mm. right? So it's no accident that like, you know, you, there's a, things that happen at the same time, right? Like hip hop and R&B aren't, they're not merging, but they're sort of starting to play in the same, play on the same playground a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, in mm-hmm. different ways that they, as opposed to just a guest versus an appearance, like sonically, there are some nice synergies happening. Um, Vibe magazine is an important thing that happens in 93, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like all of a sudden the music industry and everything related to the music industry has hard stats that show, whoa this stuff sells and it happens right as death row happens and you put the two together turns out the youth of america they want to drain snoop you know what i mean can i ask you a question um, in regards to that so how did SoundSkin know that please hammer don't hurt him i believe it's certified diamond right it is now yeah i mean so SoundSkin starts tracking in march of 91 but I think it's not, I think Billboard doesn't incorporate it until 92. So they definitely got, yeah, so the first Hot 100 chart to debut with the system was released at the end of 91. Mm-hmm. But they still, they were rolling it out more and more and, and, and actually counting stuff over uh, throughout 92. So by 93, we've got it in full effect. But you were asking, how do they know? Yeah. Like, how do they, like before? Or after? Like how did, yeah, before. I mean, how did they know that? You know, like, so did they just like retroactively, were they able, able to count how many records that Hammer actually sold? Or I mean, before they would literally call and ask like how many, how many copies, they would call CD stores and, and record stores, how many copies of which albums did you sell this week? And they would count it up. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. That's nuts. It is nuts. So yeah, they're like, yeah, we need a system <laughs> to right. track this. Which is later how Master P was able to kind of like finagle it and say things like ship gold. Well, that's a whole other thing, right? That's a whole other People thing. are always going to look for an edge. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. I get it. So, okay. All right. Well. You ready? Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely ready. Okay. Um, I, I, have, I have too many records. I'm going to try I, to get this to 15. There's no way I'm get, I've tried really, really hard. I have 18. Yeah, but multiple people have multiple. <laughs> well, can we? Do you, I mean, I want to start with. I want to start talk. Well, I want to start with Janet. Okay, if that's yep. okay with you, absolutely. Because what I want to figure out is, does Janet get one or two slots? Okay, okay. what's what? What are the two records? I mean, I could choose a couple, right? Okay, but. How do I not put if? Even though this intro is goofy. It is loud. I just heard, I just heard, uh, just blaze. <laughs> a really interesting way. Like that's a breakbeat under there. Mm-hmm. But that's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis doing the breakbeat style, right? Oh, In on. retrospect, if is the blueprint for scream, but that's a different story. Mm. Um, but for me, it's either that. Or it's that's the way love goes. Or both. Like a moth to a flame. I mean, the fire. I the it's, the, it's, it's this for me. If that's the way it's love that's goes. That's the way love goes. Oh my God. Yes. No. Perfect song. Incredible song. It's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Incredible song. So for me, I didn't include If. I love I If. Mean, I love if, if. I love how they start. Like she's in her lower register. 
And then for the bridge, they do the change up. And it's like, I could just imagine Pharrell hearing that as a kid and like his mind being blown because that's a very Pharrell thing to do with the bridge. Absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, I think you're probably right. I like if, but I think if you're choosing what you think Janet just gets one because there's too many records this year, right? Yeah, there's too many. Um, again, you can you can you can uh, you can squish <laughs> two songs or multiple songs into yeah. one slot. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's it's definitive. Mm. Is that's the way love goes? Yeah. For me. All right. J Lo's in the video. Like it's just there's like this whole like boho aesthetic that <laughs> kind of becomes a thing, and there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everything about that Janet album is just I I used to just like. So my parents bought the album, the CD, and that's one of the first CDs that my dad bought. And I would just like look at it, not mm. on some like obsessed with Janet type sure. stuff, but just like the aesthetic of it was all always drew my eye. Yeah. Um, the colors they use, the font they use, like the whole rollout of that was just like definitive to me, which is why you can still in 2023, when you see people wear Janet Jackson shirts, they're mostly from this era of mm. her. So yeah. they, they worked this album for basically two years. As they should have. Right. And then yeah, she, I think she went on tour, obviously. Because You Want This is 94, right? Uh, Yes. That's mm-hmm. like fall of 94. Wow. Yep. Yeah. No, she gets, they, they released nine singles. Jesus, did they? Nine singles. How many houses do you think this album bought for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, respect? Oh, man. They still buying houses off this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the way love goes is... Her, yeah, like her singles discography is bananas for sure. I'm telling you, her her Mariah was the verses. That was the verses. Like so they just off bombs of, off of control. She's got five top five singles. Crazy off of Rhythm Nation. She's got four number one singles and three other from the, in the top five. That is seven number one singles. Crazy. On Janet, she's got two number ones and four more in the top ten. Crazy. Like, it's nuts. She kills it. That's I mean, you know, considering Rhythm Nation, like I said, had what, seven top five singles or whatever I mm-hmm. said. That's why they were like, yeah, we're gonna work nine singles off Janet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. We're we gonna we're gonna squeeze water out this rock. That's right. We're gonna make this work. Yeah. I mean, again was a huge hit. I could have played that, but no. Nah. Nothing nah, like yeah, nah. I was not a big again fan. Yeah, that, that's that bells on the keyboard sound right there. <laughs> they all had the same keyboards, man. I'm telling you. Uh, that's funny. Okay, all right. Dang, I'm assuming I... that. I'm assuming that's on your list. Oh, one million percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, what do you got? Dang, where do I go? Okay, where are you going? Right. We gonna stay R and B? You... I know you want to go right for for Snoop. Nah, I'm sitting. Actually, you know what? I'm glad you said Snoop because I want to. I do want to go to the West Coast, okay. but I want to talk about somebody else who, yeah, come on, does not have anything to do with with uh with Death Row. No, but, not a thing. If I think it's who you, you have to, I mean, this record has to be on the list. Assuming, okay, assuming well, we're playing the same thing. Let's find. I'm out. curious to know which one you played, but I'm I'm gonna go here. Okay. Oh, come on, come on. There we go. Absolutely not on my list. Of course it's not on your list. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Ice Cube has a huge 1993. Yes, he does. So today was a good day, 
is the record. It's not, but today was a good day is what? That's 92, ain't it? No, that's on my list. Don't do that to me. All right, hold up. No, nah, that's a nine. That that's uh, that single was released on February of ninety three. Oh, look at you! That's right. All right. Well, then let's just go here then. <laughs> <laughs> that's the record I thought you were gonna play. I'm playing both. <laughs> Listen. So this is actually the the first Ice Cube album that I was allowed to play. Mm. Um. Well, not allowed, but that I was I had access to because my dad had America's Most Wanted, but there was no way that I was gonna be able to. to touch that he had the boys in the hood soundtrack too couldn't couldn't do it but lethal injection um so from that cube go, grows out the afro and he kind of like is weird like he kind of calms down a little bit mm. his his rhetoric he, he was like super big into like the like the five percent rhetoric on, on his first two albums first three albums and so this is like today was a good day blows up mm-hmm. then you've got the check yourself remix that i played first You've got, you know how we do it. Um, you've got, then you've got like Bop Gun, because there's that, oh, that yeah. George Clinton. I hated that song. My dad loves that right Yeah, no. Um, but like Cube, when you think of the West Coast in 1993, of course, we're, we're just always talking about Death Row. Right. But like, actually, NWA still, like there's more people, but like NWA, because Eazy-E has a record on my honorable mentions. Um but Cube has a has an amazing year. Today was a good day. Is played every. I'll say this. Here's the two differences, and yeah. then I, I'll let you chime in. Today was a good day. Is on MTV every five minutes. <laughs> but check yourself is literally on the radio. And again, my Beyonce point was in the streets. So this is summer of '93. I'm in St. Louis, like really just really engulfed in like St. Louis culture, which is unlike anything I had ever experienced up until that point in my life. And it's all the check yourself remix. Mm. So like cube, I thought today was a good day was 92. It's not. So two spots on my list for ice cube. There you go. (laughs) Um, it was a good day is definitely my list. I think, um, I think that song, more importantly, that video considering it's F Gary gray, the legendary F Gary gray directs it. Mm -hmm. It's basically, like, I think that kind of probably like gets him Friday. I mean, he makes Friday, but like mm. Friday starts right there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Cause like you look at his, you look at his career and it's like, there's a whole huge gap, right? Where you're like, what was he doing in the midnight? It's like, oh, right, right. This guy poured his heart and everything into Friday. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. um, but no, it was a good day. It's iconic. Great record on my yep. list. Had to be. Yep. Yep. Had okay. To be. Okay. All right. Where you at? Where do I want to go? Um, boy, I don't know. This is, you know what? Listen, we're going to talk about, so this is an artist who it's not, not their first album. The first album had hits. Of course, I feel like this album really started to establish this artist. Probably also helped that. Like I was now like old enough to like really pay attention to this artist more in more, you know, more way. Uh, Mm. this video, uh, really meant a lot to a, 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 a 10 year old, uh, boy who was like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> who's this in the field she's on the tire swing right? dream lover on this list man listen I'm just gonna play this out for a bit you know <laughs> hitting those high notes yeah. 
Breakbeat. With a breakbeat. Listen. <laughs> yeah, she's on the she's on the Yeah, Dream Lover is what is ah oh, what's that video? What's that? What do you mean? Dream Lover. Like what she that's not the video. I, Cause I was thinking I said she's she's swinging on the No, that's uh, the, but that's always be my baby. Always be my baby. Dream lover, she's like in the field and she's got like the denim shorts, the whole the the cutoff shorts. Yeah, man. Yep. Listen. What a time. What a time. <laughs> what, a time. <laughs> what a time. I was yep. I was having this conversation with Marissa last night where I was like, you and I, I feel like at certain points in the show, we, we have like sort of like these little shorthand references we can make to like you know, like last week we talked about like, you know, Alicia in the, in mm-hmm. the, um, you don't know my name video. Right. Or you might yep. say like first album Brandy mm-hmm. and that, you know, just like I could say Mariah in the dream lover video. It's like, yep, mm-hmm, that's it. Listen, man, it, it, it's, it was amazing because Mariah has like several, several iterations of herself, but like first album out the gate, she kind of had that like, you know, girl next door, cute as a button thing. And then her second album, what was the second album called? What was the second album? From Mariah? It was, yeah. Uh, is it? Wait. I just saw it. It's Emotions. So emotions. you got Emotions and then you got Music Box. She's yeah. like, oh, okay. What's up, Mariah? How, right. How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How you doing? Daydream leans into that even more. And then Butterfly is such a sharp turn. It's like, whoa. Right. And she kind of leans into that up until, shoot, Mimi, when she kind of goes away for a little bit. Well, in um, Dream Lover, like she purposely up until that point, she had basically worked with I can never pronounce this guy's last name. It's Walter, like FNS, I don't know, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his okay. last name, but she works. This is like her go-to guy. They work together on oh, all I see of his name on yeah. most of her music. But like she specifically brings in for Dream Lover, Dave Hall, who produces four records on Mary J's debut. Mm. Um she she wanted that sound yeah she wanted she she i mean i'm sure he was like hey here's the deal you just got to use the same uh breakbeat as big daddy kane and she's like real <laughs> big daddy kane <laughs> all right all right yeah man dream lover yeah i'm even looking at this yeah mariah's albums are like very top heavy oh we've i think we've said this in the show before we talked about every this. album's got like one or two crazy singles and then you're like eh, i don't know man it just kind of falls off. Yeah. yeah. So she's, she's got dream lover, hero, anytime you need a friend. And then just the oh, rest of the anytime stuff. Anytime you need a friend. I haven't yeah. thought about that song in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great ballad. Great ballad. I miss, Great I miss what's the anytime you need a friend. With remix? CNC Music Factory? I've never. Oh, what? hold on. Absolutely not. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to, we might talk about CNC Music Factory today. Listen, man. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to play this real quick. Please play this. Hopefully you can hear this. Oh, this is CNC Music Factory? Oh, you've sampled this. <laughs> yeah. Jump ahead a little bit. You know. Okay. So then she so then she hears I'm every woman and she says, I need that. Got that's it. that's why we might talk about I don't know, you know, CNC Music Factory. That's they did I'm every woman. Did they? Yes, they did. Okay. Well, listen, we got stimulus talk package. Whitney, so mm, wow. There's some other stimulus packages we could talk about today too. Absolutely. Mm, all right. Wow. You're up next. Okay. Was oh was Dream Lover on your list? 
No, and I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all must have forgot. Yeah, I, I forgot. <laughs> so okay, the thing is, there's a lot of records from this year. There's gonna be there's gonna be at least one I play where you're just gonna look at me like I got five hits. I'm I'm, I'm incredibly excited for it. No nah, man, there's a no nah, there's a couple. All, All right, right, you know what? Where are we going next? Let's go here. Yeah, let's go here. Let's let's have some fun. Okay. 1993. Yes, sir. Listen, let's also just keep in mind that you know we Doc and I for years have have been you know known for our our mature music palette. Mm. <laughs> But this is 1993. Uh-huh. Like we're kids. That's right. right. Oh God! I so, hope you're gonna play a record. I think you're gonna play. So <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. So so Doc, let me ask you: In yeah. elementary school, did y'all have uh, dances? Yeah. Uh, elementary school? No. I'm trying to think when I had my first school dance. It yeah, might have not been, been until high. like 95, 90. So like maybe like seventh grade. Wow. Okay. Well, I lived in Hawaii at the time, and we had school dances but it was at the end of the day end of so, the day yeah so we would literally we would have lunch at like 11 you go back to class you get ready and i think from like 12 to 2 would be the school dance <laughs> school dance and when this record would get played club going up mm-hmm. I, I have to include it <laughs> I, I love that you don't think this is of course it's on my list what'd you say of course this is on my list come on it has to be there's no 1990. Whoop, there it is. Not to also be confused with whoop, there, there it is. is. Yo, listen, shout out to 95 South. Okay. Shout out to 95 South. They, I don't know if anybody remembers when they both went on uh, Arsenio Hall and like had a battle where they both performed their versions of the song. Um, I always, because I was like, why are both, it's the exact same song. Like, what is the story behind this? As a kid, it was just, it was confusing to me. But 95 South kind of got pushed to the back. That was more of like a regional record because I believe they were from Miami, right? That's Miami, yeah. So, you know, uh, Miami base. Like, I mean, so is really... Whoop, there it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's older. Like, it feels more like 80s with some of the sounds that they use. Yeah. And um, also tag whoop, team or yeah, in whoop, their there 40s. It is. That's, you know, Quad City DJs, right? 95 South, 69 yeah, Boys, be. Quad City DJs. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And I also think the tag team were just in their 40s when they made this song. <laughs> like, they were old. It's then. possible. I should say older. It's 40s. Um, but yeah, this song is everywhere as a kid. Not to necessarily say, like, I didn't have the cassette single, anything like that. But, like, back then, you didn't need it because this was everywhere. Everywhere. Listen, you know, this song had old folks, you know, raising the roof a little bit, you know. <laughs> Why oh, people love raising man. the roof, man. Listen. Listen, they really do. You know why? Why? Because it's all upper body. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to try to there's no coordination. We're not trying to move our hips. We're not trying to do anything with our feet. We can't. You're literally just pushing up. It's all upper body. That's right. Wow. If you I mean that's <laughs> that's why like the dip was really complicated for white people. You know what that, I mean? But white people love the dip. Oh sure. my god. Of course that's, they do. That's peak Armand and middle school dances. And I went to a predominantly white middle school. Yeah. And the dip was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Freak Nasty. First of all, his name being Freak Nasty, Freak Nasty. is nuts. <laughs> that, yeah. is a, that is an insane name for a rapper. <laughs> and then he just yeah. wants to know if y'all do this right. Yeah. Yeah. White people love this. Anyway, tag team. Yeah. Mm, there it is. Um, yep. And I, in I, a I sense, like, 
as a, I think as a 10 year old white boy living in North Carolina, that might've been my first introduction to like Miami bass records. When would I have heard one? Yeah. I mean, like if you didn't hear, um, yeah, if you missed all like the two live crew era, I mean, like, my parents kept me away from that. Cause I was like seven. I, I did too, but I did. <laughs> I mean, I, I slipped in, I slipped and bumped into me so horny and, sure. uh, okay. uh, band in the USA. Like that was yeah. just around. It was around, but you're right. But you're right though. Like nobody under that was like the that was if you had an older brother or something like that. Sure, or an older yeah, cousin, yeah, yeah. older, yeah. older, like your an friend uncle had an older, older brother? cousin or something. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that's how you got it. it was certain like literally certain artists that I've never heard because as a kid I wasn't allowed to listen to them, <laughs> and it was like you had to like go on a covert mission to to access it, yeah. and that was not tag team. Mm. <laughs> they were everywhere, so had to be on my list though. Had to. That was not the song I thought you were going to choose. That song has a has a has a, a veneer of respectability on. It, okay? okay, the song I'm about to play is ridiculous. Okay, and it was everywhere. Even though it's technically released in '92, it doesn't really pop off until '93. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to sing along. Nobody knows the words. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> Armand is beside himself right now. Uh, so just listen to that. Listen to that bass. That's all I'm playing. That's all anybody knows. Okay. So listen to that. Listen to that bass. Yeah. So if you couldn't sample a jazz record. <laughs> You would play jazz bass. L- listen, I mean, but also, of course, that has reggae roots in it. But that's a that's that's a jazz bass line. Well, first of all, MC Shan produces that, right? Shout MC Shan. Yep. So I'm pretty sure he didn't play a live bass line. So he sampled something. What is in, what is Informers? I'm sure who sampled can snitch for me. Come on, what do you got? Who do you got who sampled? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it says it's only got. I mean, it's the it's the uh, Amen Brother break, which yeah, and. Not much else. Mm, I don't believe that. He's got something else in there. Mm. I don't believe it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, listen, Informer, uh, I don't know what else to say. As a 10-year-old, as a I loved that record. Loved it. It was like a, I mean, th- this, this song spent seven consecutive weeks at number one on the pop charts. Everywhere. Everywhere. When I hear that song, I think of Jim Carrey's remix on A Living Color. As you should. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was, cause I wasn't really a big fan of Informer. I didn't really like it, but it was, you know, it got made fun of by In Living Color, which mean, which meant it was, it was huge. And you're right. It, it was everywhere. It got made fun of by everybody. Absolutely. It did. That was like a, yeah, you had to like, you know, that was the kind of record where like you would have the tape and you would like, kind of like try to teach yourself the lyrics. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a fan. No, not, not with Informer. No. Nah. You know, because back then you would just, you know, you just figure it out. I'm not teaching myself the lyrics to that. I, I, you look crazy. As crazy as he did. <laughs> but shout, shout to Snow. I, I recently saw he did an interview with Vlad. So shout to, shout to Snow. I'm glad you're, you're doing well. I hope you're, I hope you're still able to take care of your family off of that record. I, I love that. Of course, you know, it's the 90s. So he, he, get, he gets an album out of this. Absolutely he does. Yeah. Okay. So if we're going to talk about Jazz records. Mm-hmm. Um, another another jazz instrument that gets uh, sampled a lot 
is the saxophone. Mm -hmm. And I want to play a song that was literally everywhere. Uh But when I went back and listened to this song, I was like, yo, this is hard. Uh Uh-oh. Like, like the song was always good, but when sure. I go back and listen to it, it's like, yo, this is a this is a great song. What do you got? go on my list? Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. There it is. What record is this? Come on, Doc, don't do that. Oh. Took me a second. Is this ninety three? Yeah, it's ninety three. Listen, not on my list. Amazingly, uh, I'm shocked. So you know who oh. loves that song though? Who? Marissa. Oh, that's like a, this is the the woman's anthem. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like that was that's like the first. That's the first song. I, of course, it's probably not, but that's the first song I've ever heard about consent. <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm she she was like, I need the naughty by nature stimulus package. Okay. Oh, she's from Jersey, so KG is KG produced that. KG has a nice 93. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. That's not the best song on that album, though. The best song is the song that came after that. Just Another Day? Oh, my God. Just Another Day is amazing. I love that song. Um, Yeah, so Queen Latifah, this is her pivot again. So in the early 90s, a lot of rappers are, you know, she comes out, she's with the um, Native Tongues, very pro-black, pro-woman, Afrocentric. she is on Buddy. Yes, she is. I forgot about that. Yep. So, and also, I mean, to Tretch, Tretch is her ghostwriter on that first album. So it hurt my heart when I learned that he wrote Latifah's Had It Up To Here. Like, that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, but 93, again, we're in a post-Death Row society mm-hmm. or peak Death Row society. So a lot of East Coast artists who were originally, you know, kind of more fun-loving and made more up-tempo music, they made a switch to more aggressive, hard. I'm wearing beanies and Timberland boots and camo and stuff like that. And Queen Latifah does that. So her, her, she does that. But I think the, the transition f- for her was not as jarring because she already had an aggressiveness to her style. Mm. Um, so if she's ice grilling the camera, she wasn't, it's not like Will Smith doing boom, shake the room. Yeah. I want, I want y'all to pull up that video if, if not. So that's, that's <laughs> not Will on my Smith. List. That's <laughs> Will Smith in high tech boots and, and camo and a beanie trying to do his version of hardcore hip hop. But this record is everywhere. This record blows up crazy for her. This might be, this is probably, it's her most definitive record. I mm. wonder if it's her most successful. She has an interesting career. Very interesting. She does that whole jazz thing for a little while. Yeah, she's in that movie. What was that movie? Is it Chicago? Yeah, she's in Chicago. She's in Chicago, and that kind of opens her up to like standards. Yeah, you know, and then she she had Flavor Unit, and you know, she signed. Hey, she signed my man Storm P. <laughs> Listen, man, roll roll with the flavor is definitely on my honorable mentions. It's a song that you've probably never heard in your yeah. life, but it is peak 1993. It's bass and break beats and saxophones and it's really fast and everybody's rapping aggressively about nothing she put out an album in 2009 with mostly cool and dre production but she's got a neptunes beat hold on that doesn't surprise me you know i gotta pull this up come on play the neptunes record i'm, I'm getting <laughs> when we get in the play it. <laughs> oh no i know this is not gonna be good 
You know what that is? That's that's uh that's not a good not a good Pharrell era. That's what that is. Yep. 2009 Pharrell. I think it's not a good time. He's trying to figure it out. Chad, uh, Chad kind of just goes on his excursion. It's just Pharrell left to him, his own devices. Like just Chad mm-hmm. is like, just keep all the equipment. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because that what is what is he doing in 09? Jeez. Oh, that's when he's doing like teriyaki boys, and oh, that's no. the last clips record. He, he's not really on. Not really, you know. Popular demand. And I don't really people love that. I'm not. I've never really been crazy about popular demand. It's people okay. just like that horn. He used that he, horn everywhere. But the horn is used better in other places. Yeah. All right. Come on, little, I digress. Bro. Okay, anyway. All right. Look, we here. Okay. All right, where you at? What you got? Where am I going next? Um, you know, we're going to keep it Jersey. We're talking 1993. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Got to be on the list. Got to be on the list. Everywhere. Everywhere. Another song that white people like to you, like because you oh, put your hands yeah. in the air. Upper body. <laughs> so you can just imagine white people, you know, back and forth. Real easy. We like it. The video was instructive. It was. He literally would just, he had a bat in his hand. So if you didn't participate, it could get a little ugly for you. He should have been. Tread should have been a bigger star. Yeah, I think he just couldn't get out of his own way. Because. They, cr- I mean, they crossed over when it like yes, with no did. problem with yes, the ease. Yes, they did. They had a lot. I mean, God, by the time Jamboree comes out, it's like, all right, y'all, feel me flow, feel me flow. Yeah, that's peak MTV Jams summer of '97. Man, you know what? Like, I mean, they. <laughs> so, Poverty's Paradise comes out in '95, mm-hmm. and then 1999 with Jamboree doesn't come out till 99 so they just Mm kind of they just took like four years off yeah didn't they um it's an important four years in hip-hop though yeah when did they fall yeah because i mean Pac passed and he was really close to Pac. but like didn't they um didn't they fall out they must have fallen out yeah i I thought they fell out poverty what's on what's poverty's paradise okay feel me flow craziest okay yep the remix the craziest is fire uh that's all i remember yeah Crazy I mean, they were really Naughty fun. by Nature was always good for a, a couple singles, right? Single or two, mm-hmm. but Hip Hop sure. Ray, classic. Um, yep, classic. My favorite thing about that whole Hip Hop Ray is Easy in the video. I miss, I miss, um, I miss cameos. KG is a very underrated producer. Absolutely, that is a masterful. Lot of samples going on. Yep. So KG does naughty by nature stuff he later goes on to do he does uh, i'm sorry he does jane yeah i mean that, they're probably i think they're an honorable mention but hey mr dj is a is a kg stimulus package is that 90 is that 93 or is that 94 that's 93 wow jesus it's too many records man um he later goes on to do next does and he? uh and jahim yeah oh yep. i knew he did jahim i didn't realize next yep he does next yep hey mr dj so you want to talk about where I'm at in 93. So man, I guess it's like middle school and across the street from the middle school, I'm not even kidding, is a roller skating rink. Okay. Mm. Hey, Mr. DJ, you could not make a better song for the roller skating rink. Mm. As a 10 year old, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Honorable mention. Man. It's too many songs. Too many songs. Too many songs. To hear the rest of this week's show, exclusive episodes and more. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash CRS podcast or clockradiospeakers.com.